today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If you're practicing a sinful lifestyle and you think you're a Christian, I cannot stand before you today and say to you that you will go to heaven, that you have eternal life. In fact, I need to say to you that you, unless you're born again, will be one of those to whom Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you that way. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Christians who are knowingly practicing sinful lives are Christians who may not be Christians at all. Pastor J.D. teaches us that truly knowing Jesus will instill in us a hatred of sin, which will move us far from it. If you've accepted Jesus into your life but have not changed your ways, spend more time with Him. Find the desire to be like Him. You won't be perfect, but your heart should be towards His perfection. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 5 with part 2 of his message, Doubting One's Salvation. I can assure you that there's going to be a lot of very bad people in heaven. I'll be at the front of that line, and you won't be too far behind me, so don't look at me all spiritual. (laughs) And then... (laughs) There's going to be a lot of very good people in hell. And oh, by the way, um, and this is, this is hard. Uh, whenever I do a memorial service, and I don't know for a certainty whether or not the person who is deceased had come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And one of the most heartbreaking things that I, I hear as a pastor is, oh, they're in a better place. These are empty words. This is a false hope because it comes packaged with this notion, better said, deception, that we all go to heaven in the end. That's not what the Bible says. There's actually a teaching, and I don't want to get into it in the interest of time, but it's called universalism, which basically suggests that in the end, at the end of the day, everybody goes to heaven. Now, I would just simply ask, and listen, I'm not the sharpest knife in the kitchen drawer, but I mean, just think this through logically with me. If everybody goes to heaven in the end, then why, pray tell, did Jesus come and go to that cross and suffer the unthinkable and the unspeakable to die for our sins? What was the point? if we're all going to go to heaven. Well, that's another topic for another time. Another, The roommate of that false teaching is uh, this uh, teaching of annihilationism, which basically says there's no hell. In fact, there was a, well, I I said I wasn't going to go into that, and I just sort of did. So let's um, get back to our sermon already in progress. So, verse, uh, let me start over. (laughs) Little children, let no one deceive you. He who, here's that word again, practices righteousness, 
is righteous, just as he, speaking of Jesus, is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed, his, capitalized Jesus, seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not, and you're going to get tired of hearing this word, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Matthew chapter 7, lastly. You might want to turn there because this is going to be germane to our understanding of where we're going. I want to read verses 15 through 23. Jesus is speaking and says, and here's that deception again, that that propensity for being deceived by false teachings and false teachers and false prophets. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them. I can know them? I can spot them? Yeah. How? By their fruits. Hang on to that. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree, verse 18, cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, and he says it again, by their fruits you will know them. And then he says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then verse 23, Jesus says, I will declare to them, I never, keyword new, hang on to that one too. I've given you a lot to hang on here uh, to, haven't I? Hang on to that. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice, practice lawlessness. Okay, hang in there with me, okay? (laughs) I'm going to try to bring all this together so that it's understandable. I wanted to take that time to lay that foundation so that we can answer the question that is before us today. And it is a question that we can answer. Specifically, that of knowing for sure that I am saved. As well, someone that I really care about is truly saved. I can know. 
So it's not exhaustive, but what follows are three ways that we can know that we or someone else we care about and love is saved. The first way to know is that I will have experienced the new birth in Christ. Um, Just as our children, when they're born, have birthmarks, well, there are spiritual birthmarks as well that will mark the new birth in Christ. I want to draw your attention back to this word, new, when Jesus says to them, depart from me, I never knew you. In the original language of the Greek New Testament, it's the Greek word ginosko. And ginosko means experiential knowledge. It's also in the Hebrew an idiom for, and you'll forgive me, but it's the idiom for sexual intercourse. Uh, In the Old Testament, we read where he went into the tent and knew her. That was the consummation of the experience of, the experiential knowledge of that person. Do you see kind of what Jesus is saying here? Um, Depart from me. Yeah, I know you cast out demons in my name. I know that you uh, professed to be a Christian and professed my name. I know you did all these things in my name. But I never had that intimate spiritual intercourse with you. I've never known you in that way. And thus there's never been any conception where the seed was met with the fertility so that there was a conception of new life. There was no new birth. There there was no experience. There was no, if you will, intercourse in the spiritual sense. I I didn't know you in that way. Depart from me. There's... This is why in John 3, verse 3, Jesus said, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Very interesting. Uh, you know when the uh, angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says to her, uh, you are with child <laughs> and you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world and Mary in a stunning disbelief, says to Gabriel, how can that possibly be? I've never known a man. She uses the same word, ginosko. I'm going to say this, and please know my heart. I I want to be as honest and, and genuine as I possibly can, if you're practicing a sinful lifestyle and you think you're a Christian, I cannot stand before you today and say to you that you will go to heaven, that you have eternal life. In fact, I need to say to you 
that you, unless you're born again, will be one of those to whom Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you that way. There was no conception. There was no new birth. There was no new life. Yeah, but I went to church every Sunday and sat through that pastor's long sermon, and then after that long sermon was a prophecy update, and then after that he would just keep going on and on. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but I I go and I, I volunteer to feed the homeless. That's great. That's not going to get you to heaven. Yeah, but I'm a good person. I'm sure you are. But you'll never be good enough, which is why you must be born again. Here's the second reason. I'll know that I'm saved because I will sin less, though I'm not sinless. I know that's a clever play on words. I hope you know I never came up with that. I totally plagiarized that from somebody who did. But it's true. I'll never be sinless this side of heaven. But I will sin less, because now the Holy Spirit indwells me, and empowers me to live a holy life. It's that regeneration. And this is where the word practice comes back into play, in the sense that I'll no longer practice habitual and willful disobedience. You know when you get saved, and all of a sudden now the Holy Spirit is inside of you, and the things that you once did, you can't do those things anymore without the Holy Spirit just going crazy, right, inside of you. I mean, before you were saved, you could watch that porn on the internet, and no problem. And then you get saved, and that comes on the screen and the Holy Spirit is grieved and you're convicted and this is sin and the Holy Spirit now indwelling you and regenerating you because now you're born again. You cannot rest in the habitual practice of such things. Do I sin? I sin. But I sin Less, because now I have the Holy Spirit indwelling me. This is First John chapter one, verses eight through ten. We talked about this last week. John says, "If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins." He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, This has been called the Christian bar of soap. The other day when my daughter Sabia and I were having devotions, uh, this verse came up and uh, we were talking about God's forgiveness. And I, I said, this is the the Christian bar of soap. 
And I mean, you just, you know how when sometimes your whole countenance changed and your, your, you know, eyes light up and it just opened it up to her. Because not only am I forgiven because I'm going to be forgiven of my sins, but I'm also cleansed and purified. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I know this might sound sort of elementary, but Holy Spirit, holy life. Holy Spirit, holy life. Be holy as He is holy. How am I going to be holy absent the Holy Spirit? Pure and holy. It comes by way of the Holy Spirit. Well, this brings us to the third and and last way that we're going to know if I'm saved or if someone is truly saved. It's going to be by the fruit. By my fruit. If I'm bearing good fruit in my life. Fruit is the litmus test. I like how one said it. You know, we're not to judge. We don't wear the the judge's robe. We wear the badge of a fruit inspector. And Jesus said, you know, you can inspect that tree, inspect the fruit. So here's a tree over here, and it professes to be an apple tree. And And I'm looking for the apples on this tree that says it's an apple tree, but I'm not seeing any apples. Could it be that it's not really an apple tree? It thinks it's an apple tree, but it's not an apple tree. That's how you know. That's how you know, by the fruit. This is why Jesus uses the analogy in Matthew 7 about a good tree bearing good fruit and a bad tree bearing bad fruit. This is why, and we, when we were in a, or in the uh, book of Galatians chapter 5, we spent some time on the contrast between what the bad fruit is or the works of the flesh as compared to the fruit of the spirit. So, because last week I completely botched Galatians 5, 22 through 24, I'm going to redeem myself today, and I want to read, and I would encourage you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. If you're in Ephesians, it's just right to the left. The Apostle Paul is writing, and I want to draw your attention to what he says here specifically in verse 22. He says, the fruit, singular, of the Spirit is love. Stop right there. Okay. What did Jesus say would be the test by which, or the gauge by which, they would know that we are his disciples? It was by our love, one for another. Uh, Let me take it a step further. Um, What is the law summed up with and in and by? Isn't it by our love for God with all our heart, soul, mind, body, strength? And the second five commandments, our love for our neighbor as our love for ourselves. This is the first thing that you will notice about somebody who has come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's the fruit of love. They're more loving. 
It's the fruit singular of love. And from that love comes joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because now you're under the control of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now indwells you, empowers you, possesses you. And then he says, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Let me hasten to say in closing that this does not mean if we fall to temptation and are enticed and sin, that we are amongst those of whom it is said, practice that sin. Don't let the enemy take you to that extreme either. Because he'll try to work both sides of the table, so to speak. On one side, he's accusing you and confusing you in this way. And then on the other side, he's taking it to the other extreme and accusing you and confusing you in this way. That's why, again, it is so important to put on the helmet of salvation. And don't let the enemy put those seeds of doubt in your mind concerning your salvation. You can know that you have eternal life. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't also, before we get to the prophecy update, say this. You might be sitting here in this church today, and you're not born again. I'm going to say it in love because I would rather offend somebody into heaven than I would flatter somebody into hell. And I cannot stand up here and and give you these empty words, this false hope that unless you're born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You must be born again. The seed of God's word has to be met with the fertility of your heart. And there has to be conception there. And there has to be new birth there. If you're trying to live the Christian life in the energy of your own strength, (laughs) it's not going to happen. And I think you know that. And I want to encourage you before you leave this beautiful church that is my privilege to pastor today, if you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I implore you today to do so. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available anytime. We've created a mobile app for Apple and Android devices too, so you can take Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you on the go. Download from your app store or find a link at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
While you're there, be sure to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to catch the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website and click on the YouTube link. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you join us as we praise the Lord and learn from His Word. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. That's all we have time for today. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share with us from Ephesians when you join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth Radio.